Hello and welcome to the Reflecting Light Show. I am your host, April Rogers, and I'm so glad that you are here because we have a fantastic show in store for you today. We have Jeff and Libby Landry. They are the owners of Landry Vineyard. So welcome, y'all. I'm really glad that you're here. Thanks Thank you for, for having us. us. Yeah. You guys had a busy morning and everything, you know, oh, yeah. everything always happens at one time, but God is faithful. He got y'all here, and Absolutely. I know that it's going to be a fantastic show. So we're ready to, yeah, we're ready to jump right in. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got your your vineyard started here in Louisiana, North Louisiana. <laughs> well, we're both from St. Charles Parish. Okay. Um, I'm from Luling, and she's from Desalmonds, Louisiana. All right. And uh, we started, uh, we bought land out in the country at some point. Um, I had a background in um uh, my grandparents were farmers, so a love yeah. for agriculture came from them. And my dad loves gardening, and I grew up with gardening um, every year. Mm-hmm. And um, and we both have a, a, a pretty good work ethic. We both come from hardworking families. Um, her dad was a commercial fisherman, and uh, she learned she's one of the hardest working ladies I've ever met. <laughs> and um, and we, I started a garden, a uh a mowing business when I was probably about eight years old, you know? Yeah, so yeah. anyway, that's how we were brought up. Um, but we bought land out in the country, 25 acres of land. We had three boys, eventually four. And we wanted to provide for them a country atmosphere. Uh, we also wanted to teach them a good work ethic. I wanted to put the land into some type of agricultural production. When you look at small family farming, you know if you can take the, the raw product, add value to it and stability, that can work on a small family farm type situation. Yeah. So that's what we were looking for when yeah. we stumbled across a winery in our area. Yeah. Well, it's so rare to find a winery in North Louisiana. You know, I mean, like whenever you think about wineries, you think about them, you know, in California and different places. But I'm so thankful that you guys put down roots here and that you decided that you wanted to be a part of this community because it's really taken off. Yeah. You know, every I think that the whole community has really gotten behind you guys. And I agree yes. Yeah. I know that uh, for myself, I actually had a birthday party there one time and my husband's um, grandmother, who was just like my grandmother, that was one of the special moments that I got to spend with her. Yeah. Um, she's now with the Lord. But just thinking about y'all's place, there's so much fun and joy that is there. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, I went to Israel a few years ago, and mm-hmm. they said that wine in Israel represents joy. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit about the spiritual side sure. of wine making too. Um, but before we do, let's just talk a little bit more about you guys and um, and just how the Lord has brought y'all together. And maybe there was a season of darkness that you were in, um, and He brought you out into His light. Absolutely. Yeah, that was. Uh, even years before, you know, when we was when we was looking at um, the, a business, a agricultural business, um, the, you know, the vision. And was, we were really early in the Lord as far as having been illuminated to the gospel, and um, things had had really changed for us radically. Uh, about what five years, six years before that, before we moved to Folsom, something like that. Libby's always better with the timelines than I am. <laughs> and uh, we we got to Folsom, and um, again, we just we really wanted to do something with the boys. We wanted to. We were faithful in church. Um, mm-hmm. We were just trying to build a family, really, to be faithful to God, faithful to to the Lord, and that was part of the answer. Was to was the winery. 
and yeah. teaching the boys and working with them and all that. Now, let me say this. When you talk about dark times, I mean, doing this thing was hard. Okay, sure. this was very hard, and the boys really, the first two were my hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they really went through some difficult, I, I've apologized to them <laughs> numerous times because of the hard uh, life, yeah, yeah, the lifestyle, hard work, really. and, and they didn't have a lot of time to recreate. Not, you know, a lot of times like, you feel bad about things that you've done in the past that, that, in that way. But anyway, it wasn't as balanced as over time we kind of got there mm-hmm. more and more. And we're still working on that, of course, yeah. be, you know, in life. Um, and it's still difficult. But anyway. So did they fuss and they said, the older two said that the younger two didn't have to put in as much work or did the younger two have mm. to grow up and it, they had it to was, do it as It well? was different. They all four worked really hard in it. Yeah. But as, as time went on and we were able to purchase more equipment, of course, the labor for the younger two decreased as the older two had to do more hands-on labor. So, um, but they've all learned how to work really, really hard and are very hard workers. But it it was a very hard season. We're learning how to manage this and this business, and so are they. So there were, you know, a lot of mistakes made along Mm -hmm. the way. We asked for forgiveness a lot, (laughs) and uh, we're, Jeff and I both grew up in homes where we attended church regularly. Yeah. So coming coming to um, to the Lord was um, and being faithful to attend church was not a challenge for us or our family because we always kept our children in church. That's good. That's good. And worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean. It, that work ethic was instilled inside of you guys, and so right. then you that's were right. able to instill it inside of your boys, and Absolutely. that that's never a bad thing. No, right? I mean no, like it's that's not. what I'm trying to do with my two girls as well. Yep. Um, okay, so let's talk about. There's many things that you could farm mm-hmm. in Louisiana. Right. Why did you choose to farm wine? Well, a love for wine is uh, I discovered or or. Uh, um, began with a friend of mine who I worked with in New Orleans, uh, Robert Sashbury, you know, Tony Sashbury seasoning. Well, his nephew and I did engineering together at Nelson Engineers in New Orleans, and he turned me on to wine. I thought it's the most amazing drink, you know, and and of course, then as as we uh, reading the scriptures and finding so much in the scriptures about wine and everything, um, we would, so, you know, it was a love for agriculture, an appreciation for wine, even in church, our pastor was teaching on it, all in this same period. And then we discovered a winery in our area, and I had told Libby about this model, right? You know, agricultural product, add value to it and stability. I'm like, this is it. And she's like, and you crazy. <laughs> because that means you want a winery. And I'm like, Because we were you? actually looking for a blueberry farm yeah. when we ran across the other vineyard that day. Wow. And we had some other friends with us who had recently come to the Lord, and we were all attending church together in Baton Rouge. They were driving an hour and 15 um, minutes to get to church, and so were we, but in different directions. Wow. And we attended this church for 10 years, and they're still there. And so it's been tw- probably 20-something years that they've yeah. been driving yeah. mm-hmm. to Baton Rouge to attend the church. Yeah. But yeah, but that, that was the, um, uh, when we, we I saw that winery, and this guy was passionate about growing grapes, wine grapes, mm-hmm. uh, suitable to his, to our growing conditions here in Louisiana. And uh, I picked up on all of that, and I said, this is it. You know, so we 
you know, Libby, okay, all right, you want to grow some grapes, you know. <laughs> we did an acre. I kind of flipped in another acre. And, and then we did two acres of grapes. And three years later, 10 tons of grapes hanging and a whole lot of work to get there. Let me sure. tell you, just unbelievable amount of work, Not being people who were really not that experienced with agriculture. And, um, and 10 tons of grapes hanging. And the last minute, the guy calls me and backs out on purchasing the grapes. Because the agreement that he was going to buy grapes from us for the first couple of years till yeah. we decided if we wanted to pursue this, yes. you know, make a business out of it or not. But we were shortly in the wine business. I told Olivia, I said, I hung up the <laughs> so phone. So you didn't have that cushion anymore. It was just no. like, it was like here, we're in it. it was, right, like, right. And we had, we had been uh, having an aggressive conversation, mm -hmm. I would say, over the past three years yeah. about having a winery and. uh and like, I'm sorry, baby, we fixed it being a wine business. She's like, I knew it. I <laughs> knew this was going to happen. So we worked with another winery and we made, because you can only have 200 gallons of wine in your possession legally. This was about 1,500 gallons of wine. We made it at a Matos winery. Great friend, great guy. Mm -hmm. We um, bottled it there and then we were licensed the following year. We took that wine bottled with our label on it to another to our new winery <clears throat> was a born makeshift winery if you will everybody was great to us um, speaking governmentally mm -hmm. and um, we we started selling that wine direct to the consumer and just slowly you know grew yeah. the business right. and and then hurricane Katrina hit hit our area devastated our area it was like waking up in a new place in a different place it was like it wasn't home we had been coming up here for years to, there was a relationship between the church we went to and a church here. And we would come up here, come up here for Christmas events yeah. and other things. My brother is here. And so we, 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 we really. We had some connection had, up here. Yeah, that relationships. Like, that really. relationships through this local church. That's yeah. great. And, and then, you know, then Hurricane Katrina hit and yeah. we were like, we never even thought of moving up here, you know, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden, Everything changed, you know? Yeah. And then we started looking at growing grapes here, and out to my surprise, decreased precipitation. We found the beautiful West Monroe Hills, sandy soil. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't know that we had this type situation here in Louisiana. It's much better than in South Louisiana. So, wow, that's great. Um, oh, yeah, the grapes I did not grow. even know that story of how you guys got up here. I that's tell people all the time, just go in the woods. What do you yeah. find? There's grapes everywhere. It's muscadines. Yeah. But that's right. a clue. We don't have it like that in South Louisiana. Mm -hmm. But this is an ideal place to grow muscadine wine, yeah. muscadine grapes. So if you have a suitable a grape suitable to your growing conditions, this is a good grape to grow, yeah. a good place to grow wine grapes. So I can kind of see how the Lord set it up so that you could start it down south and you could learn right. from the people. But then by the time that you got up here, you knew what you were doing. And, you know, just thinking about business-wise, it's not just growing the grapes and That's bottling right. it, but it's a lot of marketing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot, lot of, of marketing yeah. right. for you guys. You're correct. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what that's what Henry Amato said, uh, the guy that helped us, the first mm -hmm. winery, uh, the guy who we did our first wine at, he said, well, you're halfway there when we were driving off with this 6,000 bottles of wine. I said, what do you mean halfway there? It's three and a <laughs> it's half like, years sell later. It. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly what he said. Well, now you got to sell it. Yeah. You know, every weekend we were at arts and craft shows and farmers markets sampling and selling our wine direct to the consumer. So, and we uh, were homeschooling at the same time. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so, you know, the week was full of homeschooling. On Friday afternoons, it was 
packing two vehicles because he would take two kids, two children with him, and I would mm-hmm. take two children with me. And so, it, and he was at one farmer's market, and I was at another farmer's market. Wow. And so. <laughs> Just doing it. Yeah. 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 It yeah. was rough, but it was good. We were, well, I was driven. <laughs> yeah, very, very driven. You How many years ago was that now that you guys started the, we started in the business? We started 1999. We planted our first grapes. Okay. And 2001 was our first vintage. 2002, we were licensed. So that was a year, 2002, when we were. And we did that from there on. Arts and craft shows, farmers markets, you know, a lot of weekends, a lot yeah. of weekends. Yeah. But it's 23 years that we put the first plant in the ground. Yeah. And our youngest son was just eight weeks old at that time. Wow. Yeah. So, so literally, he did grow up. Yes, oh, yeah. he has yeah. grown up. Yeah. And he's 23 now. And yeah. then we moved here in 2006. Goodness. So we've been here 16 years. Yeah. Put down some really great rates here. And yeah, yeah. have been able to to just see it flourish. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, we can all look back and we can say, oh, that was a great idea. But I'm sure in the moment... There was a lot of uncertainty, and oh, there yeah. was a lot of things that you were probably wondering, Lord, what in the world am I right. doing? Well, Libby was definitely thinking a yeah. lot about, well, <laughs> right. what in the world? <laughs> and, Lord, what is your will? Like, should we move? Should we not move? How do we know that we're in your will? Mm-hmm. How, do, how does this look? You know, can you just call us on the telephone just before right. cell phone? Yeah. Can you just call us and I tell give them us that a all sign? The time. Can you just put a neon sign in my yard <laughs> yeah. and tell me what to right. do? Right. I think Jeff had listened to, um, was it John MacArthur or uh, John MacArthur. It was DJ Kennedy or something? And he was talking about being in the will of God and how do you know that you're in yeah. God's will? And When you know that it's not <clears throat> against his word, you know that it's clear if it's against his word, then the answer is no. That's easy. Yeah. Right. But what about those things that it's like you could go this way or that way? Neither sure. one is wrong. Right. Um, and so then it's a wisdom thing, and you try to work through it, you pray about it, and you start moving in a direction, and the Lord, in, in my experience. In our experience. The yeah. Lord, yeah, in our experience, the Lord just kind of opens doors, and you walk. As you walk, yeah. He leads you. What does He promise? He promises that He'll that if we uh, lean not on our own understanding, yes. but in, in, all, in all, his, all of our ways acknowledge Him, He will direct right. our path. So okay. we know the answer is, Focus on the Lord. Yeah, you know, honor Him, love the Lord. He'll yeah. He'll lead you. And it's that faith walk. You know, it's just putting one foot in front of That's the other. Right. And I right. always tell the Lord, "I'll follow you. Just tell me where we're going. Yeah, <laughs> where are we going? Just yeah. Just tell me." And, um, yeah. But He wants us to have that element right. of faith. That's right. In our walk with Him, right, and right. so He certainly has blessed you guys. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the spiritual aspects of winemaking. Sure. We would like to thank today's sponsor of the Reflecting Light Show, Sam Nelson of THLT Realty. THLT Realty prides themselves as a team-style brokerage, guaranteeing their clients better service and top dollar. Sam Nelson is an award-winning realtor and will work hard to maximize your experience, whether you are buying or selling a home. Visit him today at samuel.viewmonroehomes.com. Hello and welcome back to the Reflecting Light Show. We are here with Jeff and Libby Landry and we are talking about winemaking and owning a winery and the fact that it's not all easy every single day, day in and day out. It's a lot of hard work which you guys have put into it. Um, But now I want to just shift a little bit and let's talk about the spiritual aspects of 
winemaking and what does this have? And, you know, just going back to the Holy Land, whenever I was there and they were talking about how um, whenever Jesus was t- saying, I am the vine, right. that he was probably walking past a vineyard at mm-hmm. that point. And, you know, he's giving these natural examples and he says, mm-hmm. I am the vine, you are the branches, and then the Father is the vine dresser. Mm-hmm. And how does that parlay into what our spiritual walk looks like whenever we understand what does it mean to be a vine dresser and to be the vine and to be the branches? Why is that important? Well, I mean, the first thing I think you rightfully point out that he was speaking to people who understood what he was talking about. Right. Agricultural people and people, look, I mean, I hate to emphasize wine and vines, but uh, since it's our business, but, but it really the world, Europe has been to a great extent, grapevines, a, a lot of wine, wine production. Wine is a center of feasting and mm-hmm. joy. And so, um, so Jesus was talking to people who understood what he was talking. I mean, probably a lot of people even today have grapevines in their backyard. So um, when we talk about the anatomy of the grapevine, I'm, I, you know, the trunk is the vine, you know, it has roots and then uh, the cordon, that's where the fruit is, is, comes from. Um, it, but they have, so you have the cordon and then you have the branches, which are what we call canes, summer okay. canes. Um, a bud pushes out and it sets two clusters of grapes. Um, that's the way it works. Now, when we go uh, and prune during the winter time, we'll discover, uh, and I didn't realize this not going into it, we'll discover canes that you'll cut and it's not green. You'll cut. It's still not green. Yeah. We'll have to lop the whole. Sometimes you run across wood that you have to lop off completely. It's completely dead. Yeah. It's not going to produce fruit. Um, now there's canes that we have to go back to one bud. We almost, we always go back to two buds, and then because we don't want too much fruit, an abundance of fruit, excessive amount of fruit will actually produce poor quality fruit. Okay. Okay. So there's a balance. And we call it vine balance. That's what we're mm-hmm. trying to achieve. Um, you know, I want to be careful not to push the, the the passage too far, but there's a lot of things all over God's creation. His fingerprint is on the entire creation, and we know that the creation reveals Him uh, to a, to a, to a degree, right? We know that mm-hmm. there's uh, some, the scriptures reveal Him even further. Um, but we see the Lord everywhere. So in the grapevine, yes, that this whole pruning process, as you go through the pruning during the wintertime, you definitely see those, that passage and how important it is for that, that, that cane, that branch to, re- to be attached and living and green and able to produce that fruit. Yeah, yeah because if, if you don't prune it, then it's not going to produce the quality fruit Correct. that you need. And so that relates to our spiritual walk. And then sometimes the Lord prunes us to get off the dead things and the things that aren't helping us produce the best fruit in our lives. You know, sometimes it can be painful and (laughs) we'd rather him not. But if you want to produce the best fruit in your life, then you have to be willing to walk through that process. Absolutely. The, the, uh, you know, um, for us, you know, you could, if not understanding the process, you could say, well, why? If you, why are you taking it all the way down to two buds? If you take it down, couldn't we leave four or five buds? Um, and, this, and what happens is the cane gets skinnier and skinnier. It's not able to handle the fruit either. So yeah. um, 
you want to take off the right amount. We look at the thickness of the vine, of the cane to determine if it can handle that much fruit. So a young Christian, for instance, you know, right. a young, a little young vine, it's, it, we're going to go all the way back to one bud. We may go back to the basil bud. So, yeah, there's a lot of parallels yeah. there. Yeah. And I love how he says, abide in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so bringing that full circle, just thinking about abiding and how that relates to the vine and the branches. I mean, apart from that vine, you can't have a branch, right? I mean, it has to abide together. It has to dwell and be held by it. Right, if it's not abiding in the vine, it's been lopped off. If it's been lopped off, there's only one good thing it's for, and it's to be burned, to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot, let me tell you, there's a lot of discussion even today, do we, do we, Cut them up, cut the vines up, and put them back in the ground with equipment, machinery. There's potassium in it, or do we burn it? And this argument, this discussion goes back and forth. Okay, and it, I'm yeah. sure it has historically, mm-hmm. um, but we know what the scripture says. It's good for to be burned, yeah. um, and and so. Uh, of course, that refining process. Yeah. <laughs> there's the refining, and then if it's been completely lopped off, I mean that's a whole another theological mm-hmm. uh, thing to work through. If the, if we had to lop the whole thing off, you know, but it was attached, you know, um, you know, we we could further discuss that. Yeah. But it could, be, you know, I understand yeah. that that can get pretty controversial. I get it. I know. Yeah. I know where, yeah. where we can go yeah. with that. I think part of it is understanding that the people of God. Um, those who are part of the church really taste, okay, there's some who may be lopped out. There's, we know that there's wheat and tear. You know, yeah. so I'm kind of I'm getting into it a little bit. Yeah. I don't, you know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying we got to recognize, you know, I think we need to take that seriously, all of us, and say, hey, we need, we need to draw near to the Lord. We need to repent when it's time to repent. When we need to confess our sins, we need to draw near to the Lord, ask His forgiveness, you know, work things out with one another. Don't be, don't be, don't let bitterness. You know, all of the warnings of Scripture are there right. for us. So let's not back. Away. I'm, you know, while I, I don't want to upset anybody, I also want to say let's let, let's take these warnings seriously, so that we don't move away from the Lord and then find ourselves in unbelief. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Okay, so that's just part of the process because then once the grapes are mature and they're good grapes. Then how long does it take to produce a bottle of wine? I mean, because it's not instant. Mm-hmm. No, it takes it takes a good long while. Yeah, from uh, you know harvested grapes uh, when it's a white wine, four to six months we can be in the bottle. We like to get our white wines and our rosés in the bottle pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, our red wines are going to be aged ordinarily longer, um, especially when we're doing barrel aging. It's a minimum of a year in the barrel. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of things, uh, some really cool stuff that goes on. But I, I tell people all the time when I do my tours, wine is a living drink. It's not a dead, pasteurized grape juice, okay? Yeah. That's to, the same today as it is tomorrow, you know, and so on. But it is, as a beginning, it has a maturity and it has a death. When it is maturing, everything's coming together. Okay. When it when it's reached its, its, its uh, optimum point, things start to fall apart. It's, and that's how it is a living thing. It's, like us, you know, I feel it. I'm on the backside, um, you know. So, but that really, wine is a living drink, yes. and and there's no coincidence, of course, at all, that the Lord uses New wine yeah. for the covenant meal, for the Lord's supper. 
It is a living drink. Well, what the blood of Christ is living to us who have received forgiveness in Christ. So uh, the blood of Jesus that's really good, Jeff. Is is, good. is alive, you know, <laughs> yes. to us. So um, you know, we and wine is the thing. I know a lot of people use a lot of churches use grape juice because of a weaker brother, etc. You know, one thing we might want to consider is uh, now that is the weaker position, okay? <laughs> That you yeah. can we confess that you're being the weaker brother? Can we move away from weakness to strength, mm -hmm. which means let's let's teach, let's move forward, not mm -hmm. just stay in the weaker position. Yeah. And uh, so, I know that's also hard and confrontational. Yeah. I don't back away from those things, yeah. I, yeah. as you probably know. But um, anyway, I, I think those things are important for the church to work through to help right. Christians to mature in. Yeah. And I was just actually going through a Bible test with one of my daughters, and um, they were talking about what was one of the um, offerings that Abraham brought to Melchizedek, and it was the wine and the bread. Yeah. And then that was served yeah. at that uh, Last Supper, which is so interesting to me, you know, yeah. that it all kind of comes back around full circle. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, beauty in it, you know, and I one of the things that I was told whenever um, I was touring in California was that you'd need to drink wine with humility. And then whenever you drink that, then you can start to taste the different things that is inside of the wine and you get those different flavors mm -hmm. that can come out, but you have to walk into it with that spirit of humility, which mm -hmm. I thought that, that was very interesting too. That's, a, that's a good point. I hadn't heard it said that way, yeah. but there is a receiving of yeah. the wine Mm -hmm. You know, where, you know, we're kind of surrendering, surrendering ourselves in a sense to the wine and trying to really uh, appreciate it. Our palate is absolutely amazing. I mean, what God has put in our mouth, of course, we know it can do great damage, but we know that it, I mean, it is amazing how many things we can taste and, and really decipher. Uh, watch the psalm, you know, Som the Somalia going through there their training and everything, and it's phenomenal. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah wine is so an much. absolutely yeah. complex, amazing drink. Well, we could talk about this all day. Absolutely. However, our time is coming to a close, and I hate that it is because there's so much to discuss when oh, it yeah. comes to this. But I did want to ask you guys if there is one thing that may be lightening your load these days. Libby, let's start with you. <laughs> I'd say weekly worship. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope that's what you're asking, but mm -hmm. attend knowing that, you know, we have if we have a rough week, yeah. a rough start to the week, that there's you know, the end of the week is coming and then the beginning worship, being with yeah. fellow Christians um, I love it and too. worshiping. I do. I do. And it just sets you right back where you need to be right. just that corporate worship. And it seems like church has played a really big part in y'all's journey, yes, especially, mm -hmm. you know, finding your way up to here. And mm -hmm. I know that community is probably big to you guys. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they come in and they spend their money in, at our facility. And it's... Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah, they, I mean, the, you know, adding to just what Libby was saying just now, I, so many people come up to us and, so, and just tell us, it's, I'm so, it's so peaceful here, you know. This yeah. is a place I come to just relax, you know. I, what, what, what else do they say? They always say, um, um, this is my happy place, you know. They yeah. say things yeah. like that, yeah. you know. 
Um, but yeah. That's so, good. And that probably feels good that you guys are contributing. And yeah. I love the fact that families are invited to come. Mm-hmm. And when we have our concerts or any kind of event, children are welcome and right. come on in. And yeah. it, it does get quite stressful when you have lo- uh, large crowds of people. But we <laughs> yeah. do try to, you know, in, in the... Mm-hmm. Uh, controlled chaos, <laughs> try to maintain, right. you know, helping people and uh, figuring out if you have a special need and you have mm-hmm. a wheelchair or you have this or you right. have that to just show a little bit of, yes. you know, Jesus that, you know, I definitely Jesus felt that yeah. whenever we were there with my family. It was a special time. Very yeah, sweet. Not that we do it perfect, but yeah. we try. Well, you do a <laughs> really great job. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. hosp- hospitality is one of Libby's strengths, along yeah. you know, with with cooking and yeah. hard working and everything, and that's good. definitely makes people. She definitely makes people feel welcome at that's the winery. Good. Yeah. Um, so but, is that one thing that's lightening your load? Well, you? yeah. The, I mean, weekly, absolutely. You know, yeah. we work hard for six days, and I don't care how much money you throw at me. We're not working on Sunday. It right. is. The, it's the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. It is Resurrection Day. It is a day of rest. It's a day of worship. It's a day of fellowship. Uh, we try. Now that, we, that adds a little more load to Libya. It's a lot of times, you know, we do a lot of hospitality at the house, but um, but it's so, so important um, that we do those things and we know that the Lord restores us. He um, makes us new again, mm-hmm. like you were saying. That's good. That's good. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on the Reflecting Light Show. I think that it's really going to enlighten a lot of people, especially about what does it mean to enjoy a good glass of wine. And now, whenever they do, whenever they come visit you guys at the vineyard, they can drink it and they can know the backstory behind it and the joy that it provides. So thank you guys for being a light. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Reflecting Light Show. We pray you got some hope and some light out of today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe to the show and also share with a friend who may need the light of Jesus Christ in his or her life. If you haven't gotten your copy of Made to Shine, you can do so by going to aprilrogers.com. Go out and have a great week and be the light.